Good evening. Tonight we are going to finish up our series we uh, began three weeks ago on uh, things that uh, go bump in the church. Uh, October's kind of a, a spooky night and or a spooky month, and uh, so I thought, well, let's just talk about things that are scary uh, about church. And there are some things that scare people about church. There are people that have no interest in going to church because they're afraid. Um, and we've discussed a number of things that, that scare people. I, I've kind of done a little introduction to each lesson about some things that have happened to me. In, now, church buildings are, are scary places, and, and I, I want you to understand that. A few years ago, you know, I came in my office, and there was a man behind my office door. And it was late at night, and that was kind of scary. Um, uh, not uh, another time, not, oh, it's been maybe... Ten or so more years ago, I, 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 heard, I kept hearing somebody else in the building, and I knew there shouldn't be. And so I went on a search through the building to try to find where these footsteps are, are coming from. And there was a corner, and, and I came around the corner, and I bumped chest to chest into a man that was standing there. And we just kind of backed away from each other, and he just went, Wah! screamed as loud as he could, just threw his arms up like that and ran past me, pushed me out of the way. I don't know what happened there, but uh, he, he left the building and that was the end of that. When, when I was a, a boy, my cousins were in town and we went over to the building. I lived next door to the church building and we went over and we would practice, you know, lead singing and preach some and all that. We were probably just not even teenagers, just, you know, little kids. And we had, we turned the microphone on. And so as we were talking, I kept hearing something. I say, shh, 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 listen. And then it would stop. And then we'd get to make a noise again and I'd hear something again. I was just be quiet. And so my cousin heard at that time. And so we went looking for whatever, whoever it was, and we looked in every place in that building. We had um, a nursery, kind of like in the old part of the building. You remember that that nursery room up at the top that looked down over the the uh, auditorium, uh, and there's steps that went up to it. That's the only place we hadn't looked, and so we went up those steps to that nursery room is kind of scary, is dark. And we looked, there were two closets there. We opened the doors, nothing was in there. And then all of a sudden an attic lid fell on the floor. You know how, you know, those push thing, you know, the attic and it fell on the floor. And my cousin said, run. And, and we took off down the stairs and as we reached the front of the building, it was like back there, and we took off down the stairs, ran down the aisle, and headed out the side door here, and we turned around, and there was a man running behind us down the aisle. And we ran over to the house, scared to death, hollering for my dad. And uh, we never did find the man, but we did find where he had stolen some things and set off fire extinguishers and, and a number of other things. But uh, church can be scary, I'm telling you. Uh, just come up here. I want to take you all on a tour at night sometime. Just just uh, sign up and I'll, I'll take you. But uh, that's not the kind of scary that I'm talking about, of course. 
And I want to remind you of a couple things. You know, there's the passage in, in Timothy where Paul said to Timothy, listen, God did not give you a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity, but of power. And Revelation warns us in Revelation 21 and verse 8 that those who will not make it to heaven among that list of sinful people will be those who were fearful. Not just simply afraid of this or that because there are things that scare us in life. That's human. But when I'm so afraid that I will not step out and do what God has asked me to do, when my fear paralyzes me from obedience, those folks will lose their soul. And then Joshua reminds us, as they had once before been to this uh, point of crossing over and taking possession of this promise that God had made, they became fearful and faithless, and they had to wander for 40 years. And they're at that point again, and God is saying, do not make the same mistake you already made. Be strong, courageous, do not be afraid. And... That's the message that I want to share with you tonight. Do not be afraid. Don't let your fears keep you from being a part of the body of Christ. Don't let your fears of unknown things and and things that, uh, uh, well, you know, they're disconcerting to you, keep you out of the family of God. And like I said, they, they really do. There are people who are not here tonight because they're afraid of church. And so let's look at three more fears tonight, and then we'll conclude this series. People are afraid of church because they view it as maybe um, disrespecting their family. You see, we all have histories. And some of you here tonight have grown up, you know, as we use the expression, grown up in the church. Um, you, you, your family have all been members before you, and so it's just kind of a natural thing. But every, not, that, that's not true with everybody. There are some people that don't have that background, and their parents brought them up in a very different way. They maybe brought them up in some religious um, sect that, that holds you know, peculiar doctrines and peculiar forms that are different than... than maybe even what you read about in the Bible. And they think, well, you know what? If th- This plea of churches to go back to the Bible and just do Bible things in Bible ways and to get rid of the creeds of men and the catechisms of men and just go by the Bible and, and not have denominational ties and affiliations and structures where they tell you how to do and what... Just to be a New Testament Christian and a Christian only... Well, if I did that, I'd be shedding what my mom and dad were. You see, they were this kind of Christian or that kind of Christian. There's a a tagline attached to it. And and if I gave that up just to be a Christian, am I turning my back on my mom and dad? Maybe that's offensive to them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And even beyond that, there are people who were raised in irreligious families. And those parents thought it best not to even introduce the whole concept of God and religion to their children. They thought that that was the best way. For whatever reason, they didn't believe in God and the Bible and they, in their good judgment. And I think whether a person is a Christian or an atheist, 
they probably believe they're doing right by their children. And so you have people that have different backgrounds and they say, you know, if I were to go to church and be a part of New Testament Christianity, I'd be smacking my parents in the face because they didn't believe it and I'd be going against what they taught or they believed a certain thing and if I did this, then I would be, you know, doing what they uh, opposed or believed in. Well, and so they have these fears. You know, would I be condemning my mom and dad? No, my mom and dad didn't believe that way. And if I say that that's what I believe, am I condemning my mom and dad to hell? I just as soon stay away from that. And I have had that. I mean, I had studied with a young man one time. We got to the end of the study and he said, you know what, Steve, I, I agree with what you've said. And you're right, and I don't have any any answer other than to say this. My mom is this, religiously. And if I did what you said, it would break her heart. And so I, I, I won't do it. You see, he loved his mom more than he was willing to follow truth. That's a great fear for people, and some of you have had to overcome that yourself. But here's how we help to alleviate that fear, maybe. First of all, remember this. John 8, verse 38, or verse 32, says, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you set you free. It's not what is held sincerely. It's not what your ancestors did that will set you free. It's not your sincere convictions that will set you free. It's the truth that will set you free. And when people bring that up to me, here's, here's what I say, and, and usually, you know, it helps them to deal with that struggle that they have. And I can understand the struggle. But I say this, you know what? If your mom and dad, did, did your mom and dad love you? Well, of course they're going to say yes. Most people's parents love them. They're going to say, of course, my mom and dad love me more than life itself. And then I say, and, and I don't doubt that's true at all. And if your mom and dad knew that you found truth that even they did not discover, what do you think that they would want you to do? Do you think that they would want you to follow them in not discovering that truth? Or do you think that they would want you to follow truth? Nearly everybody says they would want me to do what's right. See, my mom and dad were people of integrity. And that's, you know, the key. If your mom and dad are people of integrity and you learned a truth that maybe they did not yet learn, what would they want you to do? They'd want you to pursue it. I'm sure of that. And so it's not turning your back on your mother or father uh, by accepting the principles of New Testament Christianity. You're not saying, Mom and Dad, you believe that, but I'm rebelling. You're not rebelling against them. You're following truth. And that's exactly what your mother and your father would want you to, want you to do, to follow truth. So that's one fear that people have of church, is that they're afraid that if by embracing New Testament undenominational Christianity, I'll somehow be hurting my mom and dad. Not so. They would want you to follow whatever truth you learn. Here's a second fear that people have. 
They're sometimes afraid of the unknown and the unexpected. Have you ever gone to a place and you've never been there before? Uh, maybe you agreed to go with a friend. You know, they were having some revival through the week and, and you wanted to go uh, to talk with them and to see what goes. And, and boy, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you're, you're out of place. The, the forms are different. Uh, they do things in different ways. You don't know if you're going to get called out. You're, you're on edge. You're scared because you're, you're afraid of being singled out and embarrassed. And, and for people to come here and to be a part of us, that's one of the reasons they're afraid. I don't know what's going to happen to me when I go there. Are they going to call my name out? Are they going to make me stand up and, and embarrass me? Are, are they going to make me wear a, a rose that indicates I'm an outsider? Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, those are well intended. But I have heard more people who are not Christians say, I don't want to be singled out like that. I don't want everybody to know that I'm the, the different person here. Um, and and we have a, a you know a number of things that we sometimes do that they're afraid of being singled out. I understand that fear because we're not all extroverts. There's a large number of the population that are pretty introverted, and they don't want singled out. Some people it wouldn't matter at all. But there are other people that it really would matter. Uh, have you ever gone to a Bible class where um, the, the the teacher just calls on you, calls you out, you know, and or, or has you read out loud to the class and just calls on you? I know of people that won't go to classes like that because of their fear of having to do something in a public setting. My point is... What, again, what maybe we need to do is to, to reevaluate what we do and how we do it to make sure that we can lower those fears and to alleviate some of the fears that people have of that unknown. Maybe we can do a better job in, in maybe having some kind of a, a piece of information that, that they have ahead of time that says, here's what to expect when you come to church here. And so they say, who? Uh, they're not going to do anything weird to me, you know, and, and so they have this this flyer that helps them. Or maybe we need to uh, sit down. Are we willing to sit down and evaluate everything that we do here in terms of worship and and view it and maybe even make it subject to change as to how we do it? Uh, let me give you an example. And this is a, just a for what if. What if? What if we were situated in a community where everyone worked shift work and um, next to no one is able to come to church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? Are we so set by that time we've got to meet at 10 o'clock that we'll just hold church services for 20 and, and... 75, 85 people miss it? Or might we do something to accommodate them and say, you know what, we're going to start having services on 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Could we do that? Or could we make that kind of a change? That's what I'm talking about. Are there things that maybe we can do as we review how we meet and how we worship and how we gather together to, uh, to encourage us 
ourselves, are there things we can do to, to lower the fears that, that people sometimes have? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22, there's a statement made that Paul said at the very end of that verse. He said, I have become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. And I like that by all means. You see, I'm okay. And sometimes when it really gets down to it, we might say, I'm okay with by some means saving some but not by all means. I'm comfortable in my ruts. I I like my grooves that I've made through the years, and I don't want to be shaken out of them. And and, um, don't ask me to change that. We're not talking about doctrinal changes. We're talking about um, changes in the way we do what we do, the time of what we do. Um, There are things that maybe we can look at and say, you know what, we might be more appealing if we could reevaluate some things. And it might alleviate the fears that people have of uh, the unknown. And then here's a third and the final fear that I want to talk about in this series. Sometimes people are afraid of church because church reminds them of things they don't want to think about. We've all been there, haven't we? How many of you have ever gotten worried about something physically, but you were afraid to go to the doctor to get it checked out. Has that ever happened? You know, I've got something going on, but I don't want to go to the doctor because I'm afraid of what he might tell me. And so we let it go on. We we try to put it out of our minds, but that doesn't help us, does it? It it actually makes things worse. It it gives the problem time to grow and, and to get worse. And uh, But I, I think people treat church that way. I, I know I need to go to church, but every time I go, I, I feel guilty because I, I hear sermons about sin and judgment and hell and eternity and responsibility and accountability. And I just, just soon not think about all those things right now. Putting them out of your mind doesn't make those things go away. It doesn't make make them cease to exist. When when we have a health issue, when when you have a a dental problem, you need to go to the dentist. Um, And, and, you know, you you know what's going to come, but but you need to go anyway. And by not going, it's not going to fix it. It's just going to get worse. And we need to help people to realize that by dodging and by ignoring and putting in the back of their mind these things that scare them, they don't like to think about, it, it's not doing them any good. We need to remind people what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. What, how many people have died in their sins, having never surrendered their life to Jesus because they were afraid. You know, we do the world and ourselves an injustice when we don't talk about sin and judgment and eternity and hell. 
Those are things the world needs to hear about. They're not pleasant. No one likes to talk about them. But they contain truths that will um, hopefully cause us to change. And so let's do our best in trying to alleviate some of these fears and helping others to overcome them. There are fears. There are things that go bump in the church. And they're so scary to some people, they they want nothing to do with church. What I hope that we can do as children of God is to show them that it's not scary. To show them the love of Christ, show them the acceptance, the forgiveness, uh, the, the grace that God has bestowed upon us. To think that God would love me in spite of all the times that I have failed Him. It's incomprehensible, but he does, and that's who he is. And why would you walk away from that kind of love? What What is there scary about one like that? And as a child of God, those fears, and as you grow closer to him, those fears that may have kept you away from church, we soon say, well, that's not scary. When I was a little boy, I don't know, do, do any of you, did any of you have doors that had, uh, kind of really crazy wood grain patterns in them? And could you ever see faces in your door? I had a door that had a face in it. And, and that scared me as a kid. I would stare at it for a long time sometimes. I don't think a thing of it when I go home now. Uh, that's not scary at all. There are things that maybe you find scary right now. But in time, oh, that, that's not scary. There are things about church that may scare you right now. But as you come to know God and to know Jesus better, they're not scary. But we have to overcome that initial fear. And we have to do what Joshua is reminded to do. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. March on and do what God called you to do. Don't let your fear stop you from being a part of the family of God, the body of Christ, the redeemed, that Jesus will someday come home and take to heaven with him. If you're here and you're not yet a child of God, if you're not yet a member of his church, don't let your fears hold you back. Surrender your life to him. Be strong and courageous and move forward in your obedience to Him. And if you're a child of God already, but unfaithful, and you need the prayers of your brethren, we'll we'll pray with you tonight that you'll be stronger and more faithful in the future. If you'll come as we stand together and sing this song.